Welcome to your weekly dose of NFL Jibber Jabber, the Club Dub Football Podcast. Remember to follow on Twitter, Insta, and watch video shows each week on YouTube. Want to get in touch? That's easy. Message through social or email clubdubpodcast at mail.com. Welcome to the Club Dub Football Podcast. Where the only question is Does your team make it into the club? Can he get in? No, he cannot! Yay! Hey! Hello. Oh, it's over, gents. Not only after Yay. another event. Oh, that was that was poorly timed, but but we'll we'll keep rolling. Um, not only our mini hiatus; it's always odd when we're only recording a couple of uh, every couple of weeks across the off season. But the fact that, as much as I can't really get as excited about the preseason as some NFL fans clearly do, the fact that it is the preseason suggests we are, of course, on the cusp. So, although we are going to dedicate today's show to the key storylines that have come out of some rather intriguing and sometimes rather odd preseason matchups, it does mean, gents, the next time we are together, it's the pod proper. So, hopefully, you'll see loads of our messages on our various social platforms and you'll join us again in a couple of weeks for what will be the start of our third season podcasting gentlemen as we preview the 2022 nfl season in full so as excited about that as i am and as much as i cannot wait i'm still you know basking in the you know fantastic news that we are together and we're about to talk actual football how do you all feel to be on this particular trajectory on this particular day amongst close friends Not um, yeah, Elders, um, uh, the word words are escaping me. Just the, <laughs> which, the, which on a podcast is, the, is the, problematic. Not the, the best for an audio medium. Yeah. The electricity no, no. is in the air. You you can cut the anticipation with a knife. It's like just... a knife through hot butter. Um, mm. before you all email in, just just one of many in jokes that probably pass so many of our listenership by. Um, but right. Um, we have been enjoying a couple of weeks of the preseason, and ultimately what we're going to do in this pod is we're going to have our usual round robin. Today, there are three of us. There's myself, JB, and Aldrin. PB will be joining us as we get to the season proper, making a grand entrance as we head into our... I still can't believe it's our third season, gents. Second time mentioning it. We're only two minutes in. Cannot believe it. Um, but Aldrin, before we get into the key storylines, give us your overall thoughts and impressions of the preseason in the NFL for 2022? Um, I don't know. I'm always underwhelmed by the preseason. Like every year, I just think, uh, it's just, it never feels like football proper. Like I know you were saying we've got football proper next week, but I think preseason just never quite feels that same excitement, that same buzz. I think mainly because you know that more often than not, the regular starters aren't going to play much, if at all, sometimes. Um, and I think that was definitely the case this time around again. Obviously, you've got mm. a truncated preseason. And I think I felt like I saw fewer starters than ever before. You know, certainly I know I'm going to, we'll talk about it in a bit, but the the Lions-Colts game, I think pretty much none of our starters made any 
even vague appearances on the field. They were all, you know, guys fighting for roster spots, which brings a certain charm. You know, I think when you've got those guys that are really trying to compete for a spot, you do end up with a bit more of an edge and competitiveness. But I don't know. It, it I don't know. It just felt a bit this year like people were trying to do their best to avoid injuries, not risk their starters, do all of that kind of stuff for a longer season. So, yeah, always a bit underwhelming, but there's a few like interesting storylines in and around that that always make it for a, a good watch. So before we dig into those, JB, your thoughts? I think it's an interesting choice of words you used in that we've been enjoying the preseason because is the preseason something you enjoy? I mean, if it is, listeners, you know, please hit us up uh, at Club Dub Podcast on Twitter. Uh, you can email us at the uh, email address Rob's about to provide you. Club Dub Podcast at mail.com. Yeah, we've got an Instagram, I believe. You can leave a comment on YouTube if you're listening to us. Let us know what you think of the preseason. I personally think the preseason was, a, 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 of all of the things that have happened this year, it was one of them. Um and Ildren's kind of hit it up. It's kind of like with only three games, it kind of that nice routine everyone had got in of, you know, a little bit of starters, a little bit of starters, starters for the third game. And then people trying to make the team, you know, the, the, mm. the hard knocks stories that you watch on, on HBO or, or, or whatever your uh, media platform of choice for the hard knocks TV show is the, kind of the ones you want to root for to see how they do it's that kind of thing with not a lot of good football and then you just go straight into week one and this just feels a bit weird i mean i think you you've both touched on my biggest takeaway from the preseason, which is how much going from i suppose four games to three in pre-season terms but as you just touched on jb that extra game being added to the actual competitive regular season it's amazing how much that's changed the dynamic because ultimately what you've got is as aldrin said teams wanting to avoid injuries from their starters you've then got i suppose the charm you mentioned aldrin and and the edge is you've got these rosters these rosters are the best part of 100 players right 80 odd players on a roster all fighting for those 50 some odd spots and it's bizarre because on the one hand you've got you know third string quarterbacks probably look as good as they've ever looked you know they they look great they're putting points up it's it's leading yeah. to a certain level of entertainment but then you realize that what's on the other side of the ball against them is a constantly moving group of individuals in flux as different players are pulled in and out. And, and it, it's, it's a really strange one, really strange for me. And the thing that's always been strange about the preseason is how happy head coaches can be about losing games. You know, for me, there's something about those interviews afterwards that tell you so much of what you want to know about an organization, those organizations that are built to win and those organizations that are trying. And actually, everyone just seems to be pretty happy with where they are. And and some teams, as we're going to come to, certainly with the storylines that stand out to me, probably deserve to be a bit happier. But yeah, it's a strange one. I mean, there are some nice stories in that some players who might never quite hit the heights and might never, you know, um, really make it to the big time, have had amazing moments. They have caught touchdown passes and made great interceptions and brilliant stuffing tackles in front of full stadiums of fans who cheer them on. And I think in that sense, the preseason is is always odd 
but certainly it feels odd in a in a whole new way. It maybe even more so than last year when I think people were still acclimatizing to what this change would mean. But I mean, you're right. I mean, in previous years we would have been talking about who are the starters who've been injured in preseason. Um, and actually the few injuries we've got, I know the Cowboys have a couple of I mean, a lot of them are just occurring within training camp. You know, those those preseason injuries that were the curse of so many teams before have disappeared because there are starters who just aren't seeing a blade of grass. Um, so yeah, I'm kind of with you. Uh, apologies. I think I may have done nothing more really than, than repeating both of your points. But if we dig in to the themes and the stories, what are those lovely, rich little nuggets, whether they're on the field or not, that have stood out to you in preseason? Um, Aldrin, why don't you kick us off? JB, be ready. Coming to you next. So I think mine is a little bit more generic and less team specific, but I think the thing for me coming out of preseason is quarterbacks really. And where they've kind of, where some of them have looked, um, where some of the situations have become clearer or more murky in some cases. Um, So I think there's a few good standouts. I think Justin Fields has looked better than he did last year. I think the game seems to have slowed down for him a little bit. He looks oh, like I love he's got an more NFL cliche, Aldrin. Go for it. Love that. But I, I, but I do think it, it looks like he's um, he's come on over preseason. And I think that was always going to happen. You know, I always felt when he came into the league that he was maybe a year or two away from reaching his proper NFL potential. But it certainly seems like he's on the right trajectory. I think the worry for him is still the rest of the team around him. You know, he's still getting pressured on, I think, 45 to 50% of dropbacks, which is just a crazy number if you're hoping for a young quarterback to grow. And, you know, I've said that I feel like he has, and he looks a bit more in command of the offense, but still, he's getting pressured on that many plays. You're you're never going to maximize what he's capable of. Um, So I think that was a positive I think on a more negative side, I'm not convinced that the Seahawks know who their quarterback is or who the best person to play is. I know that Geno Smith seems to be the guy, but in what preseason action I've seen of him, it's very much Geno Smith. He doesn't look any better than all the previous Geno Smiths I've seen. Um, so I think for those for those guys, it seems a little odd. Um, and then I think obviously the other thing that's come out of the preseason run is obviously the Cleveland Browns quarterback situation. And we've got a bit more clarity around who's going to be leading that team for the first 11 games of the season. So I think that's at least brought some, you know, clarity to that team as to what's going to be happening. And they can now start to fully tailor that offense around Brissett and maximizing his skill set and his leadership qualities that have obviously been in abundance throughout his his NFL career. So yeah, I think for me, the, the interesting stuff has been quarterbacks, obviously usual suspects are the usual suspects. Rogers looks great surrounded by mediocre receivers and he's made no bones about pointing that out. Um, (laughs) That poor young receiver room has got an absolute shellacking um, directly from him really, which is a bit out of maybe a bit out of the blue because normally he's, He's a little more reserved and normally aims it at the at the franchise rather than players. But this time, I think they bore the brunt of it. Um, and the only other thing is Tom Brady appearing, disappearing, reappearing. 
um, in that weird, murky, personal reasons away from the team and then just came back and slotted in. And the thing with Tom Brady is if he's there week one, he's ready to go, isn't he? The guy's 104 and still knows how to play the game. So I think um, I know that Phil was... um, as, as we call it in the UK, having a bit of squeaky bum time with worrying whether and, and Tom Brady And if you're Brady not in the UK, gonna, that really doesn't, you, you're not going to even be doesn't close. Translate. No, that's not going to translate. <laughs> um, nervous, nervous. Nervous, yeah. Um, yeah. But I think he was, um, he was a little worried about, it all came kind of a bit out of the blue. The Bucks didn't seem to know when he was coming or going or when he was going to be back. And, but, then at the same time said, oh yeah, it was planned before preseason started. So that was all a bit of an odd situation, but ultimately then he turns up on the practice fields and remarkably the greatest that's ever done it still knows how to throw a football to basically the same core of very talented receivers that he's already got. So, um, so yeah, I think usual suspects know where they're at for the teams that have got question marks. I don't know that preseason's done anything to really solve that. You know, I Mm. think, the Texans, I looked at Davis Mills the other night. Looks very much like what I expected from a low round pickup from the Texans. You know, he's still not any better. I don't think he's a franchise quarterback, but they seem to think differently for this year. So I don't know. You know, those those teams that have questions, I don't know that those have been answered by anything that they've seen in preseason, but I think that's often the case. So, mm. yeah. Nice. JB, your thoughts? I think kind of in line with Aldrin a little bit in terms of it's a very, very hard thing to diagnose. Cause like we said, like we have, we have all said by now, the teams that we're watching aren't the teams that we're going to be watching in two weeks time. But hopefully for, for everyone watching, no matter which team you are, you have to hope that the team you're watching in preseason week three, isn't the same team that lines up for regular season week one. Um, I think there's, there's good bits and there's bad bits. I think in terms of potential, I think we have to talk about the bills because the bills don't look like they're missing Brian double the bowl or however we pronounce it, uh, uh, offensive coordinator. Cause they've come out like, a, like a steamroller and you've got to look at them and think, well, hang on. If they're, are they hitting the right level? And are they going to keep going as the season goes on? Or are they peaking now? And we're going to see a bit peaking of a tumble as we go now. Yeah. I mean, that, um, you, you make a fair point, actually. With all the star talent they have, the Bills are one of those odd preseason teams, aren't they? Like the Ravens, they have these long records of highly successful preseasons. It does feel a bit different for the Bills this time. Yeah. Um, this, this could finally be the year that Orchard Park welcomes a Super Bowl champion. Now that that feels like um almost said with foreboding, almost like that's going to come back in our uh, season preview show in a week's time. Well, um, yeah. I, I have the notes on who we picked as our Super Bowl winners in our show about six months ago, about outlandish and far out predictions. But yeah, the, the Bills well, might be a, a pretty strong contender in both of those, it feels the- like outlandish predictions like when Aldrin picked the team that lost in the NFC championship game on a really close like what a, what a bold oh, I was his outside was. pick yeah, um, yeah I like that yeah although that was Alasha but yeah yeah I don't it, like it hasn't preseason hasn't really been anything and I'm going to say like there haven't even been big 
like a big superstar name getting injured, which is great because you don't want that. But that's at least a, a story that you can expect. You look at kind of injured reserve and it's a lot of like people who uh, try hards, which I think has a negative connotation to it. But like the, the people who'd really put a shift in to have a team, I think the biggest names you've got are like um, Tyson Smith, Tyron Smith <laughs> yeah, at, the, yeah, at, the, at the Cowboys. Cowboys yeah. uh, Ryan jensen at the bucks and makai beckton at the jets kind of all three quite key linemen for their teams especially kind of beckton was like what a first round pick last year got injured last year expecting bigger things from him this year and you kind of look at that and think oh hang on a minute is this is this a potential solution for the jets that isn't going to be a solution anymore but you haven't seen like your your team-wide injury crises or anything like that. And you also haven't, to my mind at least, seen anyone kind of step up for the teams that would need leadership. We we talked quite a lot about who won the Russell Wilson trade. Who's come out of it better, the Broncos or the Seahawks? And, I mean, please, please forgive me, uh, Seahawks Nation, or whatever, whatever the fan base is called. That, that's a good Seahawks, way. That's a good way to yeah. get their, uh, yeah, their, oh, well, their I mean, it's sympathy get, it's, and empathy. It's going oh, to get better worse? now. Oh, okay. It's about to get much, much better for them because they suck. They have not got a clue what they're doing, and you would expect by now to at least have an idea. Like Aldrin mentioned, Geno Smith. Geno Smith looks no different to the Geno Smith we've seen for what ten years coming up to now, and. I mean, it's not, it wasn't great before. This isn't, I, I don't see us about to have like a Ryan Tannehill-esque event where Geno Smith suddenly becomes a serviceable average quarterback and the team around him really starts to perform as well. So that's all good. But at the same time, like the Broncos, I mean, haven't really been great they haven't set the world on fire we haven't seen a lot from the Colts or the Falcons we don't know what they're gonna do the the Saints seem content to ride with Jameis Winston and yeah sure that'll that'll be a thing that's gonna happen the I'll call out my Steelers the Steelers don't seem to know what they're gonna do at quarterback personally I would roll out Mason Rudolph and that's because the offensive line oh yeah because the offensive line absolutely needs work and I'd much rather he got crushed than any of the other two Aldrin can sit here and can probably wax lyrical on what happens when you have a, a first round quarterback with potential that you put behind an offensive line that's made of Swiss cheese that has then been grated. Like I, I don't want Kenny Pickett getting touched or broken. And that line has no faith from me whatsoever. So, I feel like I need to, as much as I'm not entirely um, enamoured with preseason, as we said at the start, I feel like, you know, when you're disappointed by the IR list, I, I think we're maybe being a little bit hard on, on the product that's been put out over the last few weeks. So let me give you a few of my thoughts. Interesting um, that there are still some teams in a market where quarterbacks are most likely available. You've got to imagine that the 49ers will be receiving phone calls about Garoppolo, particularly when you've got the likes of, I mean, the Texans just seem 
completely ignorant to the fact that they don't have the right level of talent. The Seahawks seem to be in a rebuild, but nobody is told the coaching staff or front office. I mean, I mean that just feels like a, a blow it up and start again that needed to happen six months ago. But I mean, even, you know, Carolina, I mean, we went into this preseason thinking, oh, one of the big stories would be, is it Mayfield? Is it Donald? And then, I mean, it's really odd. We haven't really seen great things of either of them, but yet the Panthers are going with Mayfield in week one. So that, that kind of decision's happened anyway. A few little bits that I want to mention. Let's start with, with quarterbacks. Um, the Atlanta Falcons... You just said, um, JB, about the fact that we haven't really seen a lot from the Falcons. And actually, I wouldn't entirely disagree. But I will say that when you look at the little bit of action that they've had out of ultimately Marcus Mariota, I would say that, I mean, he's put up good points on pretty much every drive when he's taking the field. He looks as good as they could have expected. I mean, he's probably not got the shine that he had when he was the number two overall pick, when he kind of came out of that famed draft with Winston and he he did look the real deal for a while in Tennessee. But I think considering what they were doing, they were, you know, plucking a, a guy who'd been a, a backup quarterback in, you know, Raiders, you know, in, in the black and silver and, and, you know, also in Tennessee for a short while when he was kind of displaced by Ryan Tannehill. I think the Falcons can probably feel a little more fortunate than the Seahawks and a few other teams who are, you know, not going to get any real level of production out of the players they currently have in situ. And and Geno Smith, for me, is one. Now, the weird thing is, with the Seahawks, I'm not quite as down on them because I don't think they believe that Geno Smith is the long-term solution in that building. A bigger problem for me in preseason has been Danny Dimes in New York. And the reason I say that is that he's seen the field. He's had a reasonable amount of playing time, which a number of other kind of established starting quarterbacks haven't really. But the weird thing is, is that the world is expecting a change from a guy who is just what he is. And I I hate to say that. I think probably the Saints are going to find just the same with Jameis Winston. They are not at the point in their careers, having had the body of work built up that they have, where we're going to be able to imagine that the upsides that both of those players have are going to somehow completely overwhelm the downsides. Danny Dimes I like, but the guy's going to throw the ball up and he's going to throw those bad passes. He's going to turn the ball over from time to time. He's done that in preseason against, you know, not exactly top-rate secondaries. Jameis Winston, I mean, maybe I should feel more positive about, but I just feel like we've heard the story before. Um, But they're the bigger problems for me. You know, ultimately, Geno Smith is not going to be the starter for the Seahawks long-term. 
Could Danny Dimes in New York, should they not be picking up the phone and getting a Garoppolo? I mean, Darnold's a little bit of a tough one, you know, a tough pill to swallow with what he did in that same stadium in Jets Green. But yeah, the the quarterback thing is a weird one. How can so many teams believe bad players are going to get them somewhere? Mariota looks like, I mean, you mentioned the Bears are doing pretty well. I think Mariota looks like the one who might just exceed expectation and give the Falcons a little more hope than maybe I'd given them before. Oddly as well. Do you know what I think? Oh, sorry, JB. I was just going to say Desmond Ridders actually looked pretty good too behind him. Yeah, I'd agree. Yeah. I'd agree. Know, so I, I mean, I think, a number have, haven't they? A number of backups. Yeah. I mean, I, I look at, sorry, I'll, I'll make this quick and then you go. I thought that Minshew looked great. I know Hertz has also looked pretty good for Philly in the, the bit of action he's had. But if you're the Texans, how on earth aren't you looking at Gardner Minshew and thinking for a fourth and a fifth, we might be able to get a guy who could actually help us do something here, who could actually help move this team forward a bit. I think there are players out there who are probably available. It seems so odd some of these teams are, are in situ and, and just don't feel the need to twist, really. Um, but yeah, sorry. Yeah, Ridder, I, I would agree. Falcons are actually think, better than I expected overall at times. I think the weird thing, though, is it's difficult to judge just because a lot of these backup guys have got a lot more first-team reps over the last couple of weeks because the intention's always been that they're going to play 60-70% of the snaps in all of the preseason games. So they've had a larger body of work. But yeah, I like Ridder. I, I thought they made a smart choice picking him up where they did. You know, he wasn't a high draft pick. That, so I, I think was he third round or something like that. So he was worth the worth the shot there. Um, and yeah, I think Mariotta looks good. So, you know, if he carries you for a year and then... Ridder turns out to be the guy, then mm. yeah, they've done pretty well. But, but particularly yeah. with those teams, because you can imagine them running the ball. I, I know that it's different to you know what what was created in Tennessee, but you've got to imagine that that Arthur Smith is going to want to run the ball to an extent. So yeah, that that feels like a a good move. I am surprised, JB, that that you're not higher on Kenny Pickett in Pittsburgh. I thought, I, I mean, it's funny because I thought my, my two takeaways really quickly, because you'll be able to add loads of detail, was it was amazing how much the offense still has that Roethlisberger-esque feel, or maybe a Steelers-esque feel of a lot of shorter passes where you're looking at the speed of the receiver, really, rather than these huge bombs. But I thought he's looked pretty good. Okay, so let me let me get my controversial statement out of the way first before I lean into actual analysis. If you are a listening NFL executive working for teams such as the Seahawks or the Texans, sure please get sure in touch listen. with us. Please get in touch with us. We 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 let you know our, our contact details earlier on. Please get in touch with us and let us know the secrets of convincing people in you, you deserve a high-ranking football position when you apparently have no clue what you're doing. Because just what are those teams doing? If if you think the answer to your question at quarterback is Geno Smith or Daniel Jones or Davis Mills or Kirk Cousins, what are you doing? Whoa, and have you, have whoa, you whoa, seen, whoa, whoa. Have, are you Cousins. familiar, are you familiar to you. With, with the, the optometrist brand Specsavers? Uh, getting out of the <laughs> probably way. not and in the US but taking but... taking my requisite one <sighs> per week shot at Kirk Cousins um I think you're misunderstanding a little bit of what I'm talking about with Kenny Pickett I've been really impressed with him I think he has absolutely looked like a right decision at the number one pick I think he's shown the kind of 
progression just from a college level to kind of your training camp and your preseason level to show that he's got the potential to continue to improve and grow. I don't want him starting because I want that development to go unimpeded by running for his life behind a shoddy line. Because as we have seen in Super Bowls, what the past two Super Bowls at the very least, you can have one of the best quarterbacks on the planet. And if they don't have time to to go through their progressions, make their reads, set their feet and th- uh, throw the ball, they're not going to accomplish anything. And we are talking about Patrick Mahomes in that argument, arguably a guy who has redefined what it is to be incredible at that role. The Steelers absolutely need to solve the offensive line problem, just like the Colts did before, just like the Bengals had to this season, just like the the Cowboys are going to have to do as well. The issue there isn't the quarterback. The issue there is how do you keep the quarterback upright long enough to actually do anything? I think you're right in terms of the offense still looking like what we would call a Steelers offense. And those short passes, I think are probably by design because they would fit the combination. Yeah. Yeah, it, the, it's the combination of the two things. It's what the receivers are good at. Like um, Deontay Johnson has his issues with drops. I think they're overblown because I think actually like last season, his drops were nowhere near as bad as people were, were, were making out that the stats were. Look at Chase Claypool. Uh, George Pickens has got an awful lot of hype going on, not just in sort of Steelers camp, but NFL camp around there. There's a lot of talk of him in kind of fantasy football circles, Mm. but all of them work better with the ball in their hands rather than the kind of the deep threat that we used to have with as weird as this sounds, the incredibly successful one, two punch of Antonio Brown and Martavis Bryant. Those were the days. Um, So it's playing to their strengths whilst also working with a quarterback trio of Mason Rudolph, Mitchell Trubisky and the aforementioned Kenny Pickett Pickett because he's a rookie, but the other two, because that's kind of what you would want them to do. You don't want them to have to sit and diagnose everything. They're not like Sherlock Holmes. They're not like Peyton Manning in diagnosing what's in front of them. You want to give them short passes, short reads, quick plays, get the ball out of the hands because the quicker the ball is out of their hands, the less time there is for something to go wrong. There was some um, nice stuff with Pickett as well, with things like bootlegs that obviously Roethlisberger didn't really have the mobility to to do them in quite the same way. But yeah, I mean, I I don't know. It feels so atypical, doesn't it? But I can imagine Trubisky to week eight, Pickett from there. Um, I'm sorry, I, I can't see Rudolph, you know, sticking around. Maybe I can't really see Trubisky sticking around, but... You know, performance in the regular season could change that, of course. The the expectation from Steelers fans, and honestly, I think the hope from within the building is Trubisky starts, Pickett is the two, and there's a lot of conversation around would Rudolph be a trade? Like, would Rudolph be potentially available as a tra- as a trade? Oh, yeah, loads of people are lining up. Yeah. Just, but. In fact, I think that's the door now. It might, it might be, it might be. Mason. This is, this is no, but this. I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't, I don't rate Mason Rudolph at all. I think to he's be bottoms. fair, if the door was going, Rob, that could be Mason Rudolph delivering his post. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's, he's got, he's got a job as an Amazon driver. The thing is, yeah. like, like we talked about there. Like, I took took uh, absolute joy in taking shots at. There are a lot of teams who still don't have a quarterback solved, and that's amazing to me. Yeah, Do you know what though? I, I, as weird as that's 
as weird as you, it might seem, I think they all do have their quarterback position sold. I think that's the weirdest thing. I don't think there's anybody that thinks I need to change the situation. Everybody seems relatively content with who they've got for the year. That's the odd bit for me is not yeah. that people are going, we really need a quarterback, but we'll just sit here and we've, we've not picked somebody up. I think it's conscious decisions by every team mm. and they've looked at what they've got and gone, yeah, that's fine for now. So if that kind of is our roundup of preseason, what I'm going to do to round out our little pod is throw a few questions at you and really ask, do we believe for a second that these kind of loose preseason stories could in fact be true? So if we believe the Buffalo Bills are the real deal for probably the second year in a row, is there a chance the Chiefs are not. No, I, I think Patrick Mahomes is as good as you're going to get under centre, right? And the quarterback counts for so much. They've got a great head coach. But have we seen, like Marino had to tolerate at the Dolphins and others, a team full of top-class talent go over the hill and now find their way down the other side? Thoughts on the Chiefs? Mm. No, I think they're still good. I think come week one, they'll be fine. I think Mahomes is just an unreal talent, and I think he makes a heck of a difference. Um, I know there's, uh, it's difficult because without Cheetah, they're missing real, real speed. I know they picked up a couple of guys in the draft that are, you know, are super quick. So maybe they'll turn out good, but uh, you know, I think you miss that sort of talent. Um, I don't know that maybe they're getting a bit old, but then I think Travis Kelsey, I thought has been, you know, he's been getting older at the tight end position. You know, he's the wrong side of 30 for a tight end. And yet year on year, he puts up better numbers each time. So I don't know. Um, I still think they're good. I, I think you can count the Chiefs out, but it, it'll be at your folly. I think they've still got... Never the, have we used such anglicised language in a podcast. It's folly, sir. It's folly. <laughs> <laughs> Squeaky bum time and folly listen, in a single Listen podcast. here, I, I say it. to thee... <laughs> we should ring a bell before each of us speaks. There's I a say, reference internationally. I say to thee, as, as the morrow will bring us new football... Um, sorry, uh, international listeners... Um, Okay, let's tr let's try and Americanize this up a little bit. Mahomes is the straw that stirs the drink, and while you've still got him, you you've you've got anything. Like I, I put him up there at the same time with the kind of a Peyton Manning and a Tom Brady. Like it, it to a degree, it doesn't matter entirely who you've got around him, as long as you've got a competent team around. You cannot count them out because Mahomes will find a way to win. Um, you know, it's it, Rob, you love Jurassic Park. You know, it, nature finds a way. You know, Mahomes finds a way. And that's what's going to happen. I, I don't see the, the, the Chiefs kind of falling off a cliff, but I do think they're in a stacked AFC. Uh, I think they're, they're actually in a, a pretty difficult division, as we've talked about before. Mm, I, I maybe don't feel as... I'm, I'm with you, Aldrin, in the sense that if you think, are oh, this 
are this group of players good enough to be a Chiefs team that can convert on on third down and, and keep themselves on the field? Yes. I just think when you lose the cheater, you lose a lot of explosion. You you lose that spread that allows you to do other things that gives the space to the Kelseys. I, I think it's an interesting one. So the Chiefs was my first question. My second question is, have we seen any superstars emerge from preseason? So uh, there's maybe a couple of names I'd mention. We saw Cavonte Turpin become a kick and punt returning god, it seemed like, for the Cowboys during the preseason. Is this the real deal? Or is this just ultimately a flash and a name we won't remember in a few months? Equally, another shout out as we've talked QBs, Sam Howell looks pretty impressive for the Washington Commanders. Now, that might not seem like a big deal now because Carson Wentz is, of course, you know, absolutely cemented as their starter. But when Wentz does what he does, namely lose the plot mid-season or find himself injured, could we see a superstar in the making in Washington and the first true great Commanders quarterback? Or am I just giving middling players far too much hype? I think if you're expecting anything out of the, the commanders, I think you've you've got an interesting view on life. I, oh, I, I, great head coach. That, yeah, go on, go on, some go on. Players, what no, comes after that players. sentence? Well, they've got a great, they've got a good wide receiver. One, you know, I I think there's they're not the Bears. I mean, you know, that they are a team in the middle who, if they really get a bit of belief and get up ahead of steam, could do something interesting. There are bad teams that make the playoffs every year. And, you know, I think the commanders could be in that mix. You, we've gone slightly off track here, but you're, you're not, not big on Washington then? No. Fair enough. I think they've got a great quarterback and make brilliant trade decisions. That's all I'll say. <laughs> yeah. So many people paying Carson Wentz so much money to go somewhere else. It's almost like you should look at... They've still got Heineke, haven't they? And, and so, so, yeah, a yeah, few bits there. Um, have we seen any superstars? Have we seen anyone emerge then, do you think? Uh, the only one that I've got that I would suggest, and I'm about to fill, fulfill Phil's role on the podcast and mine sometimes by butchering his name. But I'm going to go with Matt Arezia. The punter at the Bills who punted 82 yards. 82 yards. 82-yard punt. That's a big yeah, lift. I mean, you, you gave away with the the punter thing, though. I don't think punters and superstars often go hand in hand, do they? <laughs> Emerging superstars. Nah, he can kick real far. Nah, he's a legend. He's going to go down. Uh, Super Bowl MVP. I, I, I love the fact picked, that we're talking yeah. about him being a star. And my immediate thought is we obviously have an offensive rookie of the year and a defensive. Ro- Do we even have a special teams rookie of the year? Is that punter even a thing? That's not a thing. Punter is that just year. not a thing? So, so yeah, as a punter, it's almost like that ceiling has already been set, but I like it. Um, from now we can just refer to him as Matt. I'm pretty confident you got that part, right? Um, Aldrin, yeah. any, now, I, I, I really thought you'd be a lot more excited about, Turpin in Dallas. He he did look no, pretty I like, flashy. But... I like Turpin. I thought Rob. I, I thought JB might have gone for um, George Pickens, Steelers receiver. I think he's had um, a good year. Um, good preseason. If ever there was a season that is going to challenge Mike Tomlin's, I have never had a losing record. It is going to be this one, and therefore I am I am 
trying as hard as I can not to get excited about anything. Okay, good. Well, in that case, I'll move on to the other one that is Romeo Dubs at the Packers. Now, I think he's a really interesting one because there's flashes of superstar in him and then there's flashes of used car salesman next year, kind of. The the guy seems to have either an incredible splash play or an infuriating drop or misstep or just absolute mess up of a play. So I think he's probably the one that's got that real superstar potential, particularly working with Rogers as your quarterback, he's going to yeah. get opportunities. So you've got great chances to see those kind of big splash plays right down the field. Rogers will find you, but then also you might have those plays where he just muffs the ball, fumbles it, misses the route or something silly. So I think he looks, he looks really exciting there's a lot of those wow plays, but then there's also the chance to be really infuriated. And I think, I don't know, Rogers might end up more infuriated than wow. But, you know, if he can make those plays, then he's got a shot. Nice. And to round out our podcasting experience, I'm going to pose you one question. Your answer can be anything. Player, team, I don't mind. Um, the question or the statement, let's say, that I'd like you to finish is this. My winners of the preseason are who do you think come out of the preseason smelling of roses? Um, JB, why don't you go first this time? Your winners of the preseason, please. The Buffalo Bills. In case listeners have not picked up on it, I've quite enjoyed the Buffalo Bills this offseason. I think they've been really fun. That's that's it, really. I haven't really got much else to add. It's it's a bold strategy con um aldrin winners of the preseason please i think every starting quarterback i don't think anybody has seen any real threat to their status so yeah every starting quarterback will be pretty happy they've had a nice little rest over the last three weeks occasionally thrown on a jersey and slung a ball up a field for five minutes and then taken a seat back down so yeah i think they'll all be pretty happy and I'm going to end um, our podcast with my winners of the preseason. And you're going to have to bear with me here. Are the Jacksonville Jaguars. And do you know why the Jacksonville Jaguars are my winners of preseason? Because they're ultimately anonymous. They have been followed by nonsense for as long as I can remember. And, and last season, the season that looked like they were finally going to turn it around, they have this franchise quarterback in place, this generational talent, and it only seemed to add more fuel to their fire and, and create more farce around the franchise that I think every British fan would love to love if they could finally get it together. Um, I love the fact that the Jags have... Um, Etienne back looking healthy. I, I don't care that he's averaging less than three yards a, a carry in preseason. That doesn't bother me at all. He looks fit. He looks healthy. He looks strong. And he could have been such a difference maker last season. Um, and I also just love the fact that people, when they talk about Jacksonville, are talking about football. It feels like so long since that was the case. So for me, it's an odd one. Um, nothing to see here is enough to make Jacksonville my winners of the preseason and, and let's hope they can actually do something and, and put on a show, not least for the fact that we'll obviously all be, you know, gathering together to see them playing in the UK again. You know, I'd, I'd love to think that we're going to have a Jags team that's competitive and good.
few years away and it's been a few years too long. Mm. I think that's so, it though, isn't it? With them, like just nothing really negatives happened in the off season. Yeah. You know, they've not had, had that urban Meyer or oh, will he make it in the NFL? Who's he picking as his staff? And then, Oh, what bars he going to? Um, mm. But also they've not had that. Oh, they've lost their dynamic starting running back to injury. You know, there's been yeah. none of that. It's just been steady, consistent, get through preseason, get to the start of the season with your team ready. So yeah, they're doing yeah. good. Congrats, Jacksonville. Maybe, maybe time for Tim Tebow to be signed to the roster yet, but otherwise all going well. Well, thank you, gentlemen. As a trio, I think we can put a tick in the box that says views on preseason. Um, and the next time we get together, it doesn't get any bigger than this. We enter, I, I, I feel like I need like a Diamond Dallas Page like quote to talk about our third season of being podcasters on the NFL. Can't believe that it's the best part of three years ago that we had this wonderful idea. What what joy it's brought to us. I'm not sure about the people who listen. Um, but yeah, when we get back again, it's probably our biggest show of the year minus our Super Bowl show. It's the one where we lay everything on the line and talk about what is ahead in the next 20 or so weeks. NFL football is nearly here and we're thrilled to have you all along for the ride. Thank you for your company, gents. Let's get back together and do all of this again in a couple of weeks. Yes, Rob. Toodle pip. Let's go. <laughs> oh, good Lord. This is amazing. Remember to subscribe and be cool. Tell your friends.